Greetings from Bishop Aubrey Shines and G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by the biblical message you are about to hear. Today's classic sermon from Bishop Shines is part seven of What Stage of Maturity Are You? with reference to scripture Hebrews chapter 5 verses 11 through 14 in the Amplified Classic Translation. to the word. Come on, let's go back to the word. Hebrews 5, verse number 11, all the way through 14. We're going to go into the amp one more time. This is going to be the base of how mature are you. Hebrews 5, verse number 11. Let's go into the word of the Lord. Let's pull it up real quick. Maybe I should go to it myself on my own screen. Hebrews 5, verse number 11. How many would give me a moment? Let me get there as well. Hebrews 5, verse number 11. There it is. And we're going to go to the amp and we're going to read it together. Can you see it? All right. Come on with a strong voice. Come on. Read with the pastor. Concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain. Since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slowful in achieving spiritual insight. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others You actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will and purpose, thought and action. Why? For he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. But solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental are what? Trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to the divine or human law. Before you take your seat, grab someone by the hand, please, and ask them, how mature are you? Hey, let that hand go. Don't be seated yet. Grab another hand on the other side. Tell them your hand feels better anyway. (laughs) Ask them the question, how mature are you? Well, y'all sound good in here as you take your seat. So I've been here because I really want to teach you something. And one thing, especially if you're new in this ministry, you're going to find out as a pastor the real role is to bring a sense of exhortation or education in the sense that you will grow. If a person doesn't grow, he or she would never become what they're supposed to become because they're stagnant. If you never mature, then you're going to stay, even though your age will change, your mind will never change. And we have a lot of believers that have been in church for a long time that they're more comfortable with just going to church then they are growing. When there is no growth, there is no real change. And there are certain things that, as a natural man or woman, if you're a father or uncle or aunt, you're not going to give a child some things uh, that he or she cannot handle when they're young. Well, that same principle is true even as it relates to our Heavenly Father. There are some things we're not going to get until we're mature enough to be able to handle it. And so some things only come with a level of maturity. Again, if you've not been here uh, in the last month or so, I beg you to get the CD. I want to say this to you. Of all the churches that I've helped 
starred and found and that sort of thing. I give God glory for one thing, and that is for being able to be mature enough to grow in the process. It doesn't mean that you're going to be everything you should be today. But if you don't have what is called a concerted effort to make sure that you're constantly growing, then what you'll do is you'll become more familiar with church work, but not having intimacy with Christ. Touch two people and just tell them there's a difference in being a member of a church and being a church member that's making a difference. So a lot of people have gone to church and they have had some experience at some point, but they've never taken it any further than that. This is one of the reasons why you see people, uh, what I call being stagnant, never really coming into the full revelation of what God really wants them to do. They may have been members for years and may die an old man, old woman in the church, but they never really fulfilled a purpose. They may have helped a few people along the way, and these are things we should be doing anyway. But every one of you, under the sound of my voice, I want to make sure you get this. If you don't have, and I preached this and taught this, uh, I don't know, maybe a few years ago. If you don't begin to build a legacy for yourself now, listen, young people, if you're in your 20s, please hear the word of your pastor. If you don't see yourself now as an older person, you will always act the way that your age is. But if you begin to think about life in the sense of as I get older, I want to leave and have a real purpose in the body of Christ you'll never have one. You may get riches, you may get a lot of money, you may do well, meet a lot of important people, but those people are not going to be the ones that are going to deem you to become what God really wants you to become. Only what you do for Christ is going to last. I, I'll never not say that. Only what you do for Christ is going, see, if you don't do something for Christ, whatever else you're doing, it's not going to last. See, as great as your job is, your job can go away. As great as your relation, grab someone by the hand and tell them, I love you with the love of the Lord. Come on. But that person may not always be in your life. So if you base your whole life on even that relationship, you, you can be disappointed at some point because your whole value was about who you're connected to. If there is no connection to the things of God, you're going to always feel an emptiness, a void in your heart. I wish some of these things I would have known when I was 20 and 21 years of age. A lot of the things I had to learn by the Holy Ghost in a certain kind of way. But God knows I wish I would have had some leaders that would have just kind of made us think a different kind. I thank God for all the leaders that they had. And thank God for all the leaders that have been in my life. I really do. I only had a couple of them. And, and I was able to extrapolate or take good out of it all. But I wish they would have pushed us even harder. And, and parents, you can relate to this. Those of you that have children, you really can relate to this. You look back over your life and you wish or hope if something could happen, you'd have done a whole lot of things different. You'd have taught different. You'd have trained different. Do I have any parents that would say man to that? And it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. It just means that you were giving only thing that you knew to give at the time you were giving it. But as you get older you begin to become more reflective of those things. And you begin to think a different kind of thought. Boy, I, I wish I'd have done this and I wish I'd have done I always tell this story uh, regarding my daughter when she was getting married. When I was walking her down the aisle several years ago, I, you, those of you that were there, you saw me weeping. I was crying a lot. I wasn't crying because I was unhappy. It was the most beautiful day uh, that there was for me. But I was weeping and crying because as every step I was taking, uh, walking her down to grab the hand of her now husband, my thoughts were, 
I wonder, did I teach her everything? I was literally thinking this. I wonder, did I tell her all the lessons? I, did I take enough time? Did I say this? And so as you get older, <clears throat> pardon me, you begin to reflect on what you could have done more of. I don't want anyone under the sound of my voice, one, please hear me, living in condemnation. Why? You can't change yesterday. Touch two people and tell them, I don't care what you've done. Tell them you cannot change yesterday. Would you touch one more person and tell them you can't either? <clears throat> pardon me. The only thing you can do, <clears throat> pardon me, is build on what you have right now. And, and the reason that I'm pressing you so hard to grow up spiritually and mature, I don't want you to have a lot of regrets as you keep getting older. And so I, I, I'm making sure that I'm, I'm giving you the base of the scripture out of Hebrews 5, and then we're going to begin to build. Now, I did a study on something, and I even called someone in the medical profession, a uh, few friends that are doctors, and I, I wanted to know some things uh, that related to what I'm teaching about eating meat. And so I began to ask them, what are some of the signs of a person uh, when they eat meat that doesn't, whether it's in digestion or whatever it is, I wanted to know the impact of meat on the body. Uh, it's just the way that I'm, I'm, I, I kind of think and the way my brain kind of works. I got the spiritual application, but I needed to understand from a medical professor, or profession rather, someone in that profession, what does meat do to the body? What are some of the signs and symptoms of people that don't digest or they don't do this or, or the negative impact of meat? How do you know as a doctor how to or not to treat someone uh, that has a deficiency in them? And some of the answers I was able to write down, I thought were so powerful. I wanted to bless you with this, not just their medical profession, but I wanted to give you a biblical outline that you could see it not just natural, but also spiritual. Y'all ready to take a journey with me here? Come on, we're going to go here real quick. So I gave you the attributes last week about uh, the signs of maturity or the lack thereof. Now, this is what I want you to write down as your topic. Put this down because we already have how mature are you. But here's, again, one of the subtopics here. Several signs, please write this, several signs that your body cannot handle strong meat. Several signs that your body cannot handle strong meat. I'll give it to you again. Several signs that your body, your physical body, cannot handle. I'm going to give you some scripture here, but I want to make sure you get this here. Several signs that your body cannot handle strong meat. Let me just say this quickly. While you're writing it out, they're going to put it up uh, on the screen for you as well. This is why this is so important. It's to, again, it's the Hebrew 5 piece. Remember what we started when we started reading the scripture? It said it this way, that Strong meat belongs to the mature believer. Everyone say with me, say, if I'm a mature believer, I should be able to digest strong meat. Come on, everyone look at pastor. Come on, one more time. Say with me, say, strong meat, according to the scripture, belongs to mature believers. Others that cannot handle strong meat are still in milk. All right, we're going to get some signs here. So I gave you the, what I want you to write down because I want to, I, I'm setting you up. In the next few weeks, we're going to begin uh, to press you by laying hands. The Lord has given me a word to begin to anoint the whole house with oil. And it's going to press some of you into a dimension of spiritual reality some of you have not tackled yet. So you say, ooh, I've been waiting for this. 
first you better make sure you eat the meat. Because there's going to come a battle when I, oh God, I wish, I wish I could just preach that all day by itself. When people really lay hands on you, depending on who those people are, they have a way of pulling or pushing you into a dimension you may not be, you think you're ready for. That's why you got to be careful when you allow people to lay hands on you and begin to pray over your life. Because they're not just praying for a condition, they're also bringing you into a dimension that you may not be accustomed to. And if you allow the wrong person to pray for you, you'll pick up some things that you go, what's, what's going on with me? I could tell you story after story of, of individuals uh, that I pray in, and they would just beg me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Lay your hands on me. I want the anointing. I want to be anointed. I said, no, you don't. I said, you think you do, but no, you don't. I said, you better learn the word. No, I, I've been following your ministry. I want hands. Okay. And, and maybe a few times I shouldn't have. Maybe I was being immature myself. A few times I laid hands on them and began to pray. Only to get the results back a week or two later. <clears throat> I don't know what you did. I'm having these crazy dreams. I always hear that one all the time. When you laid hands on me, I start dreaming of wars. I ain't never dreamt of a war before. <laughs> oh, God, I almost said his name. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's a preacher that most of y'all know by way of TV. I was in a conference, laid hands on him. He, had, he was one of what I call my Nicodemus friends. If y'all don't know the scripture, you won't even get the reference. But these are some of the guys that call me at night. <laughs> They're my nighttime friends. <laughs> they don't want to be seen with me in the daytime. I'm a little too controversial. But they, they wanted what they saw. And, and said, hey, pray for me. And I mean, pray. And I, I went on and prayed. I kept saying, man, I ain't praying for you. You're a pastor and blah, blah, blah. No, pray for me, man. I, I like the way God uses you. I said, man, you don't know what you're asking for, bro. I, I, no, pray for me, man. I, man, I can do this. And they just kind of going in on, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks, maybe, maybe a week and a half, whatever it was, went by. One of my friends, he called me. He said, man, I, we need to talk. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to make him call me in the daytime. I got tired of waiting for his call at night. And I said, what's going on? He began to share with me some of the experiences spiritually that he had happened. He said, man, what, 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 what's your life like? I said, what do you mean? What? He said, man, I'm dreaming of stuff. I'm seeing stuff I ain't never seen before. He said, this how you live? Now, if y'all ain't able to follow me, you, you're going to have to get the tape on this one. What he was saying was, you go around seeing and hearing stuff like this all the time? I said, yeah. He said, man, I don't, even, I don't even know how you sleep. He said, this is, I don't want, man, come and lay hands on me again. <laughs> I hate to tell on my daughter, your wife, Ryan, but when your wife was young, her and her brother, they didn't want me in their room. <laughs> they'd, they'd almost bar me from the room. Don't come in my room. It's my house. How are you going to tell me not to come in my room? And if I, I would intentionally, Carice knew what I was doing. I would intentionally, I'd just lay across the bed. Get off my bed. <laughs> You're just trying to touch my pillow. You're trying to see what I'm doing. <laughs> so when you're laying hands on folk, some of y'all are like, what kind of church is this? A Bible church. Don't you, have you all not read your scripture? 
Did y'all not read when Paul could not get, and them guys couldn't get to everybody? They took handkerchiefs and, and prayed over the head. Go read your Bible. And the Bible says in handkerchiefs, as a result of it, demons were cast out. People were healed simply because they took a handkerchief that the man of God, well, I think that's gibberish. You are a young infant. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, I've known some other preachers to do it and they crooks. Well, they're bad chefs and people that make food, but you don't stop eating. Don't judge the whole thing because of a few bad things. How many have ever had a bad auto experience, but you still drive? You don't, you didn't get rid of your car. Come on, Ocasio-Cortez. You didn't get rid of your car. You didn't get on the train. You still drove your car. You found another mechanic. Anybody ever had a bad experience in a restaurant? How many know you still go to restaurants? It ever had a bad experience buying something out of the grocery store? But you still go to the grocery store. So don't lump all people together because of an isolated incident in your life. So these things are real. And I want to take you somewhere with this. But I just kind of want you to know when we begin to lay hands. And the Lord gave me a word. To consecrate myself uh, the day before or the week before I lay hands on the people. And oh God, I feel your glory on this. And lay before him. And then when I come to the service to anoint everyone in the service. I'm begging you, don't let me touch you if you're not ready to grow up. Because I'm going to push you in a dimension. It ain't going to be friendly to you. And I'm not trying to be deep. I'm just... I'm just keeping, you, you know, I do have Bible precedent for this. Paul said, even in uh, receiving communion, he said, do not come to the communion table and you know you got problems with other people. The Bible says many that do that, they die prematurely because they did not rightfully discern the body of Jesus Christ. That's why if you have an alt or an issue or an argument or whatever it is with people, Paul said, get that stuff right before you come and sip on that communion and eat the bread of the Lord, eat the body of the Lord. Well, the same principle is true as it relates to spiritual things. <clears throat> Don't let people lay hands that will consecrate and press you into a dimension that you're not ready to handle. It's a sign of maturity to say, you know what? I'm going to wait for the next laying on of hands because I, I don't feel like going through what I may be going through. So, there are a few things that I want to show you. I gave you one of the scriptures a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm going to go quick. So, Audrey, this is what we're going to do. All of these are going to be in the New Living Translation. It's going to make it very easy. I want everyone to turn to 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 8. I gave this to you before. Remember, I gave you several signs that your body cannot handle strong meat. Y'all remember that? All right. This is what is called, please write this down, spiritual high blood pressure. My medical friend told me, he said, one of the signs that we determine whether or not a person is able to consume certain protein, meat in this particular, is that it will drive up their blood. This is medical and spiritual at the same time. Let me turn to this as well. That way I won't have to go over and look at it. Will you give me a moment? 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 8. Is that what we have up there? So tell your neighbor, get ready. Tell them we're about to take a ride. Come on, we're going to take one now. All right, let me go to the NLT as well. Let me make sure I get it. Make sure that you all are, did I say NLT or NLT? NLT, there it is. All right, there we go. 
I'm going to read quite a bit. Now, again, I want you to be able to identify yourself. I'm going to read this, but I want you to see this. Don't get mad, Bobby and Leaf. I want you to see this. <laughs> Bobby said, I got high blood. I'm out of here, man. I, I can't know he's got to go to the washroom because of the blood pressure. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Verse number eight. Verse number eight. Watch this. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. Know what the, the, the writer is giving us. If you are eating strong meat, when you are then pressed on every side, guess what is not happening to you? You're not perplexed about it. If you lose, I, let me use this language for just to make a point. If every time a little pressure happens in your life, you kind of check out, or you got to have something to soothe your life, you're not eating strong meat pressures. I love you all. I'm your pastor. I love you with the love of Jesus. But if every time something happens, if you got to have your way, you are a very immature believer. Touch someone on the shoulder and tell them, I don't know if he's talking about you, but he keeps looking right over here in this area. If when you go through something, you can't handle the pressure, guess what? You're not eating strong meat. You need to go back to milk. You may have been in church, around church, but you're certainly not a mature believer. He says, we are pressed on every side by our troubles, but we are not crushed. In other words, no matter what comes our way, nothing is going to crush us. Can I, can I stay there for a moment? If every time something comes your way, you are crushed. That's not a sign of maturity. That is a sign of you being a spiritual infant. You're not, you're not growing up yet or you're a child still. You're either in stage one or stage two. But you're certainly not in stage three. When pressure comes, if you check out, if you got to cuss everybody out. Okay, I'll stay over here then. If every time somebody goes off on you, lies on you, slander you, you got to get revenge. If it's got to be your way. And if they don't do what you, what you think. And you can't control, if you don't watch me, I'm going to preach this a long time. See, Bobby even came back. He knew I was right. Everybody put your hands together for Bobby. He's marching back in. It's like, doggone it, high blood or not, I got to stay in the church. I'm sorry, my mind goes real fast. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but it doesn't crush us. We're perplexed, but we're not distraught. In other words, if you get to a point, and God knows you're going to get here, if you've never been here, if you ever get to a point where you don't know why your life is going the way it's going, if you ever been there, God knows I've been there. Like, I don't know what's going on. But let me tell you something about a mature person. We don't have to know what's going on. We've just learned to trust him in spite of what's going on. Dr. Gans and I, around the same time, we were homeless in this ministry, and you all knew nothing about it. <laughs> my pastor was homeless I was living in a hotel nothing was working out and I was encouraging you all every Sunday and you knew nothing about it you know why because I believed I was mature enough with the grace of God on my life I wasn't going to allow a personal challenge to stop me from doing what God called me to do so I made it fun with the kids I said hey 
We're going to have free breakfast every morning. And the words of Ronald Reagan ain't nothing free. It was already built into the price. And we go down and eat them little watery eggs. They never had any turkey product for me. So I couldn't have my protein the way I wanted. So I load up on them eggs, man. I was carving out bagels and cream cheese every day the Lord sent. But you know what? I was encouraged because it wasn't going to... My outward life was not a sign that I was not doing the will of God. Because I was doing the will of God, pressure, boom, hit me. The issue was, could I still stand and lift up my hands? Could I still come in here and encourage you, telling you that your life is never going to be the same again? Could I, could I get you to believe in the same God that I was believing in, that even though I may be in this current situation, I'm not staying in this situation. I'm coming out of this situation, and I'm not going to be homeless all the days of my life. I had made up in my mind, I don't care how long I had to stay there, but here's the issue. When we go through things, does it control you or do you control it? If you're not controlling it, you have not matured. Someone walks out on you who you just love. You knew that Jesus put you all together. And, and the moment they're gone, I don't know if I can make it. I hate, I don't understand why God let me get into this. Maybe he didn't. Maybe you got into it. I don't know the answer. But if a person can determine your destiny, listen to your pastor, then Satan will always send people to make you get connected. That way, because Satan knows if I can make them fall out with this person and they'll stop serving Jesus, I'll keep sending them the wrong person. But if you can come in the midst of it, and say, you know what, I'm going to still lift up my hands and I'm still going to give God glory. And, and, and I don't care what it looks like on the outside. God, I'm going to still worship you. You are still my God. And in you will I trust. That's a sign that you're growing up. What happens when your money is funny? What about when your body is not lining up with the word of God? I don't know why God put this disease on me. He didn't. The Bible says Jesus come that we may be healed by his stripes 2,000 years ago. He didn't say we were going to get healed. He said we are healed. So then the Bible lets us know that this is an attack of the enemy that has come to take our body out. But you're I'm talking to mature people. You got to make up in your mind. I don't care if I die. I'm going to still die believing God. Because healing is the children's bread. That's maturity. What about when your children are not lining up and you know that they know better? Do you cuss them out? <laughs> or do you say, God, I'm not going to stop. I Satan, you're a liar. You're not going to have my daughter. You're not going to have my son. And Satan will say, but I already got him. Don't 
go by what you're looking at. The Bible says, as believers, we walk by faith. In other words, we're not looking at, we're not going by what we're seeing. We're going by what he said. He said, my children will be delivered and my whole house is going to be saved. Why not say what God is saying? That's a sign of maturity. But pastor, they ended up in jail. They can get saved there. Well, you give someone a high five and tell them, we got to grow up if we're going to do this. Come on, tell them we got to grow up. I'm trying to help some of y'all get to this next place. I'm not just giving you scripture. I'm giving experience in these things. I can stay here for hours. I wish I could tell you all doing the will of God is always easy. Look at me. It's not. Don't let nobody lie to you. You're going to have some challenges, man, in this thing. And, and it'll look like the bottom drops out. And if it drops out, just be still. You ain't going under. Boo, but I'm in the water. You better know the word. The word says, even though the waters may come on me, they will not overtake me. That means that even if I got to be up to here in water, I'm, I'm still breathing. Now, you got to get over. Is, is the sharks down there biting me? Don't worry about them sharks. Just keep your head up. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your head up while you're going through what you're going through. Come on, tell somebody else telling you better keep your head up. Come on, let's go back to the scripture. I got to get you out of here. He says, we're pressed on every side by troubles. I got to go through this high blood thing. He says, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're hunted down. Look at this. We are hunted down. That means that you are the prey to somebody. Listen, look at pastor. When you're maturing in God, listen, listen, because some of, some of y'all can't discern this thing. Well, if I'm doing right by the Lord, why folk hate me? He done told you why. You are going to be hunted down. Do you know that the Bible says that a wicked man will run when nobody's even chasing him? There's some people that would just chase you because they hate you. But it ain't you. Touch somebody and tell them, it's the Jesus in you. They'll hate you. They'll stop eating lunch with you. They'll get clicks against you. You won't be invited to their little shindig. Y'all don't know what that is. That's an old term. Uh, Y'all figure it out later. I ain't got time to explain it. They won't invite you out to hook up, to hang out. But, but this is part of maturing. A mature person's got to know, I, with Christ, I got this. And I got some good news for you. A real believer, God will always send some people in your life that's going to stand with you. It has never been designed that we do this thing by ourselves. I didn't say you're going to have everybody with you. That's one of the reasons I believe, Charles, the scripture says, if two or three are gathered in my name. He didn't say if a hundred or two hundred. Because if that's the case, man, this is deep. Because sometimes you can't find two hundred folk. But you may find one believer two believers. Man, I got some guys, and I know this is going to hurt some of your feelings. I have some friends, whether they're guys or girls across this nation, when I hit a road or a roadblock, man, I call them quick and in a hurry because I know one thing about them. They are no nonsense. I, I, they won't even, we don't even do pity parties. That ain't even part of the program. We deal with this stuff real time. And I mean, they keep it on, as the young folks say, a uh, hundred. That's a hundred for those of you all that don't know how to say hundred. 
It's grammatically incorrect, but I'm sorry. I'm still in school here. And, and so there are times I have to call these individuals and say, hey, I need you to stand with me. <clears throat> Here's what I'm believing for. And, and they never come down. When they stand, they, we go in agreement. That's it. <laughs> All right. I, I better go on. I better go on. I better go on. I better go on here. Here we go. Come on back to the scripture. We are hunted down. Verse number nine. Let me get through this real quick. But we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down. Touch a neighbor and say, but the rest of the verse is, but we don't get destroyed. Can I tell you a sign of mature believer? Real, listen, listen. Mature believers get knocked down. But I thought Jesus would make me stand. How do you know to stand unless you've been down? The Bible says that a righteous man, person, will fall several times, but they get back up again. So mature believers got to understand some things in life will knock you down. But that's not who, that's not the end of the book. Man, I hope y'all are getting this here. Verse 10. Through suffering, oh Lord, this is a deep part here. Our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus Christ so that in life Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. He's not talking about your suffering as it relates to sickness. People of God, you all got to properly under, uh, understand this and, and make, make yourself a footnote. He already described to you what the suffering was. The suffering was being perplexed. The suffering was being crushed. The suffering was being hunted. The scripture says this is part of suffering for Jesus. I'm not making this about Aubrey Shines when I say this, but it didn't take the wind out of my cell when a Christian university said we can't come. But I did think, man, this is whacked. You mean a Christian? I understand if it was secular. They don't want to say, okay, that's cool. A Christian university? Don't come because y'all believe what the Bible. A Christian university. Don't come because you all are repeating the Bible. Yeah, you're right, Gary. Ichabod is all on that stuff. And you know what? We can't... Man, I wish I couldn't tape this. Man, I'd say some stuff to y'all. We, we, we're a team. And, and they learn not to let me write. That ain't my job. There's, there's some other guys and girls on the team that do the response back to these organizations. Because if I respond... <laughs> one of the guys that responded Dr. Beckman <laughs> it was so funny he read to me what he wrote and I'm on the phone and I'm quiet he said Bishop you there I said and he's my brother as a matter of fact y'all met him he was here Pastor Derek when he snuck in on us a couple of months ago whatever it was he said yeah let me just show you what I wrote I got real quiet on the phone I'm thinking I'm thinking that's it that's something like I'm like, turn off this webinar, man. That's it. I don't even even look at my face. I'm thinking, that's all you're going to say? And his thing was, well, you never know how God is going to. I said, I'm glad you're on the team. I said, man, it takes all kind. See, again, you got to know who you are. You got to know what you're dealing with. I, I got to move on. I, I apologize. I, I'm not getting stuck intentionally. I just want you to get the gravity of this, that, that you're going to get some hits. But even though they knocked us down, guess what? We're still going back in on Thursday. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap. 
Go to verse 11 really quick. Let's go real quick. Yes, we live under, oh, let's go to it. Yes, we live under what? Constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the, why? Why do we live under this death, Paul? He tells us so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. In other words, you're constantly being hunted. You're constantly being lied on. You're constantly being slandered. But Paul said it's for one reason. That way you can show that Jesus is still alive. See, if your life as a Christian is always perfect and good and no challenges, how then will the world who is going through the same thing you're going through, what example would they be? So God allows his people at time to go through some things that are very, very, very challenging. And as a result of it, then, then we find ourselves for the purpose that Christ can be lived out in us. Somebody say man to the word. Go to verse 13. But look at verse 13. But we continue to do this anyway because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had, talking of David, when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God, now if I read to, to you in the King James, it would say this, for I believed and I spoke. In other words, what you say you believe, you got to keep saying that you believe it. So your testimony, please write this down. If you're going to be a mature believer, your testimony must remain the same. It can't deviate. You can't say it one way and, and, and then you believing something very different. I believe the King James puts it, we're having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. He says, I believed and therefore I have spoken. He said, we also believe and therefore we speak. In other words, what you believe is what you're going to do. If you believe that God's going to bring you out, look at pastor. If you believe God is going to bring you out as a mature believer, you never confess. I don't know why I'm not coming out. I believe that God is going to intervene, but oh, I don't know if he's ever going to intervene. I, I believe God is going to change my finance, but man, I'm broke every day of my life. Which one is it? Maturity does not allow you to confess where you are. Maturity says, I know where I am, but this is not where I'm going. Are you getting that? That's why you have to be in the word, people. I love you all, but you can't wait till Sunday morning to come to church to get the word. If you're eating during the week, you won't be as hungry when you get here. You never eat during the week. You starve when you get here. That's how people get into spiritual trouble. They do. They get into trouble for a reason. Because when you're hungry, you'll almost eat anything. Anybody ever see these fear factor things? <laughs> I don't know if many of us could pass that. Get hungry enough, you will. I don't eat that. Get hungry. That pork will look mm, good. I don't know. Maybe I'd die go be with the Lord. But anyway... <laughs> come on let's go a little further again let's look at verse number 14 we know that God who raised up Jesus will also raise us up Jesus and present us to himself together with you all of this is for your benefit he says you all are looking at what we're going through now again you got to get this in proper context people Paul is explaining to the church here in Corinth what the leaders were dealing with and he was trying to teach them this level of maturity he said look what we're dealing with is not just for us but it's for you 
That way you all can look at us. You know what Paul was really doing when you study history? He was setting this church up because he already knew what they were going to go through. And if you study history, you'll find out actually they went through exactly what Paul went through. But had they not had someone that they could look at, they would have thought, oh my God, look at this, what we're going through. I believe that's one of the reasons why Paul said, think it not strange when these fiery trials come upon you. Why? Because it lets us know that somebody else has already overcome what you're already going through. Give someone a high five and tell them there's somebody else that's going through what I'm going through, but they've already overcome it. Come on, touch somebody else and tell them that's good news for you and I. He said, all of this is, look at verse 15. He said, all of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be a great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Look at verse 16. That is why we never give up. Is that there in verse 16? That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet, they do what? They produce for us glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Can I tell you all something about this word glory? I didn't want to get here, but the thought just came to me. It's a, it's a Hebrew and it's a Greek word. It's where we get the word chabar from. It means to be heavy weighted with prosperity. Not just money prosperity. Prosperity in every area of your life. So he says, in other words, if you, if you understood the language, he said, look, I, we're going through what we're going through. He said, but here's the purpose. That way we can be heavy, weighted. When we, the whole concept here in the Hebrew means to be put on a scale. And whichever side weighs the most is the side that's, that, that has more value. Paul says when we go through these things, we become so heavy. The purpose is to make us cemented or stable, we're so weighted in the Lord, nothing's going to move us. So what you're going through is not because the devil is winning. What God is allowing you to deal with is that he can be glorified that in the midst of your storm, touch two people, give them a high five and tell them, you can handle the wind, honey. Even if it is tornadic or a hurricane. You can handle it. God ain't letting you go through something you can't handle. Don't get it twisted. I didn't say he was making you deal with it. He just simply said, that's what the devil did to you. I'm going to be there and you're going to come through this thing. So it's the work of the devil to do what? To, to destroy you. But it's the work of the Lord to stabilize you. Satan's trying to blow you over. God's saying, I'm going to allow those things that you're going through to make you heavy enough that you're going to stand still. Boy, y'all got to watch how y'all talk, don't you? Because if you talk the wrong stuff, man, you'll talk yourself right out of victory. You really will. You got to watch what you sing, too. I know that sounds deep to some of you. You got to watch what, listen, when I'm at the height of going through some things, I shut down a whole lot of stuff. I just do. I got to make sure I'm plugged in. Like, for real. It's like, wait a minute. Maybe I'm getting too busy over here, busy over there. Whatever. I, man, I'll settle. I'll go, wait a minute. Because I can get as frustrated as anybody. It's, come on. Why y'all look at me? It's human nature, people. That's all it is. You become anxious. Want something to happen now. <laughs> I remember when they, 
when the, um, the board here in Tampa, how many were with me over at uh, North Street? Let me see hands. I have a lot of you all still with me. God bless you all for staying with Pastor. Y'all remember when we were at the uh, city council downtown Friday night? Was it Friday? Thursday night. Thank you. Some of y'all got some good memories here. I was just checking to make sure y'all were here. That's all. Thursday night, they came against us. A church that had been in Tampa for 64 years still had the seats in it. We weren't doing nothing but renting a church. Every Sunday, these folk are calling the police on us. The police are coming getting me out of the pulpit. Uh, sir, you're going to have to move. Uh, in, in all fairness, the majority of them were actually angry. The police were at the neighbors that were calling. It says, we call, we're getting complaints at you all in the driveway. We've already rode around these blocks. None of the cars in the driveway. We're so, and they would say to me, we're sorry that you're being harassed like this, but we have to respond. We're the police, and we just had to let you know. I says, well, what am I to do? I can't move a car that's not in somebody's driveway. They said, nothing, go back in service. And by the time they had bought us before the city council, we were a young church too, Dr. Beckman. They had bought us before the city council. And, 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 you know, we made a pretty good case. Church been here for 60-some years. and We're just renting the church. We're not in violation. Nobody had ever been had a ticket written. We had never been on anyone's lawn. Nothing like that. But the church was growing so fast, people were parking two blocks away. And some of the neighbors, for whatever their reasons, I don't care, they just didn't want us there. And it wasn't because we were black or white. We were mixed in. It was just ignorance. They just hated Jesus. That's, I know what it is because Jesus people don't act like that. Jesus people just said, come on and pull in my driveway. Keep your car. Y'all want something to drink while you're here? Man, I'm glad y'all in this community. Jesus, that's how Jesus folk act. They bought us before that city council on that Thursday night. And, and, and all but told, and I remember uh, Kevin, whatever his name was, he said, good luck. And I went out in the hall and some of the saints were in tears. Pastor, what are we going to do? I said, don't you worry about a thing. We'll have a place. I had no idea where we were going. <laughs> because it's not about me. It's about him. And I, I started blowing up the phone trying to find some places. We found a hotel. And, that, and we made calls and everybody we gathered together. And that sort of thing. And the Lord spoke to me. He didn't speak to me out of anger, but he spoke to me. He said, those who have come against you, he says, because you didn't come against them. He says, I'm coming against them. I didn't say what the, the Bible says. See, I'm talking maturity. The Bible says, touch not mine and do my prophets no harm. Within two months, the main leader got indicted on federal charges and went to federal prison. See, Carol was happy about it. Get him, God. Now, y'all didn't know it, but I wrote him a letter in jail. First time I'm talking about it. I wrote him a letter and says, God bless. I, now, I know some of y'all would have wrote a letter, uh-huh. I can see some of you all now, but y'all had the meanest letter. I just, I shared with him Jesus. I wanted him to know that we love him with the love of the Lord. And if there's anything we can pray for him about, we're praying. He didn't write me back. He didn't. But I wrote him. I wasn't condescending. I didn't say anything. You know why? I believe we were mature enough 
that we could say, you know what, we can handle this. Y'all put us out. And you know what happened in that hotel? We kept growing. Every opposition that we don't succumb to, God grows us. I got some news for you. We're going to be growing again real soon. All right. I, I got to, I'm trying. I, I've, I've been stuck on one verse. That's just, it's just bad. It's just bad. I'm just wanting y'all to get this. That's all. Can you stay there one more time? Just, just another minute here. Look at verse 16. One more time. This is why we never give up. Make sure it's up there. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Touch someone and say, what you're going through ain't going to last very long. Tell them, don't you dare give up. Come on. Look at someone and tell them, you're in the right place at the right time. Tell them, don't you give up. Tell them, God's going to bring you out of whatever you're in, but mature and don't give up. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us glory and vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix or gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Note he didn't say when we get to heaven. He said on this earth. So that is one of the negative effects when your body can't handle meat, you succumb to all that. Can I give you another quick one? I don't even know how to word this, but turn with me to Philippians, the third chapter. Real quick, Philippians 3 and 12, if you get that up. Now, if you're spiritually mature, I'm not going to use the language here, but this is what the medical guy taught me, my buddy of mine. I just asked him. He said, you know another sign, Bishop? I said, what? Of when a person can't handle meat? He said, they can't, and you can use your imaginations, they can't release it. Their bodies, their intestines hold on to it. Some of y'all caught that. Go to Philippians 3 and 12. Look at the scripture. What does it say? I don't mean to say that. Come on, I can't hear you. Read with me. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But what do I do? I press on to the and possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Look at the next verse. Let's go to it. No, dear brothers and sisters. Come on, read with me. I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Go to the next verse. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus. So you know a sign that you can't handle meat? Please write it down. Is when you can't release bad things in your life. I would tell you the word medically is called constipation. I wasn't going to say it, but some of y'all just weren't catching it. So I have to say it. You all can handle that word. It's real. People that hold on to things that have happened to them are in this spiritual condition. They can't let go. Whatever it is, they can't let go. If you find people that cannot let go of things, I got to stay here. Some of y'all are not getting this. Spiritual mature people always can let go. Immature infants or children cannot let go. They are always remind you. You better hear me. They will always remind you of what you did to them. 
That is a sign of immaturity. Yeah, but I would, but remember when you did this. I would be different, but remember how you used to be. I can't forgive. Well, I can forgive, but I'm never going to forget you. You are in stage two or one. I'm not sure which one it is. Immature people hold on to stuff. You know, I heard that Sister Tasha and Sophia did such and such. Mm -hmm, I heard it too. And now you can't be friends with them. You don't even know if it's true, but you're holding on to it. Somebody offends you and you still hold on to it. That's not maturity, people. That, that's not a level of maturity. You got to move on beyond that. Well, Pastor, I just don't trust them. Trusting and letting go are two different things. I, I can love you with the love of the Lord. If, if you prove to me to be a thief, I just won't put my money in front of you. But I will have some sushi with you. And we can talk about whatever. But I'm not going to tell you where my valuables are. Well, now you just hold it. No, trust is not that. But when I cannot even, listen, when I cannot even eat with you, because of what you said about me when you said about me what you said about me and I heard you really meant what you said. I, I'm just going to move on in Jesus. You ain't moving nowhere, you little infant. You're stuck. You need a bottle, darling. Because mature people can let it go. Oh, man, I'm going to get in trouble when I say this. Ooh. Oh, boy, here we go. I'm not painting everybody. But, okay, I'm going to keep it. Carol said keep it at 100. And she didn't say 100 with the D-R-E-D. She said 100 with the D-D. It ain't even spelled like that, but that's what she said. Here's the deal. I find that certain times, certain genders. See? It's amazing. I didn't even finish it. But you all knew the answer. And y'all began, ladies, women, women, ladies, come on. Men, we can be, oh, Lord. Men can be mad at each other. We'll fight, and it's over. We go out and grab some need and bruise to death. We done beat each other senseless, and we done. It's like, hey, man, you all right? Yeah, man, I just, one of my best friends, we fought four times. I know it sounds crazy, but I had to establish territory. <laughs> and men, I'm sorry, we, we fought. He's a pastor to this day. <laughs> but we fought we knew each other in fourth grade the second I'll never forget this i never forget this the first day that I moved to that school bad deal wish my parents wouldn't have moved there but that's a whole nother issue first day they, I guess I looked too different talked too different whatever and, and, and they, they would make same size kids fight I wasn't used to it I just I wasn't afraid but I just wasn't used to this and, and they said hey and he came up to me, introduced himself to me. Hey, we, let's be friends. We live two doors. I didn't even know where we lived. He said, I live two doors away from you. I said, oh, man, all right, good. He said, but I got to tell you something. I said, what? He said, we're going to have to fight. <laughs> I said, you just said you're going to be my friend, man. He said, yeah. I said, why we got, and I was, I was so confused. I said, why we got to fight? You just said we're going to be friends. He said, because we're the same size. He said, and the big kid's going to make us fight. I said, man, you ain't going to win. I, I, I said that because I'm thinking, well, we got to fight. You ain't going to win. He said, yeah, I'm going to win. I said, we can fight now. I'm, no, I'm serious. That's how we were talking. He said, no, I don't want to fight. I want to be your friend. 
And <laughs> I was, I'm serious, I was confused as I could. Sure enough, second day, we fought. I whipped it. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I got the best of that one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And, and, but, but here's the reality. We made up every time we fought. I went to some of his vacations with his mom and them. They had picnics at their jobs, and they, I would be the one that they would come, and my parents loved him as well. And he's pastoring a church right now in Illinois. And every time I see him, I tell him, you know I whip your behind, didn't you, boy? <laughs> I, that ain't right, but, you know, it's fun now. Here's the flip side, but some of you ladies, oh, come on. Y'all get a little attitude with each other, and y'all hold on until Jesus comes. Y'all isolate yourselves. Hey, close your Bibles. I'm done. I, I'm clo no, close it, because y'all can't handle this. I, I could stay here another 15 minutes, and I could prove to you through behavioral studies that women tend to hold on longer than men hold on. Men, we will fight, and that's it. And, and some of you ladies, I didn't say all you ladies, just like not all the men, so y'all don't be that technical with me, but a lot of ladies will hold on to stuff. If she looks different than you, don't think that she looks better. She ain't all that. See, Louise getting mad right now. <laughs> y'all hold on. Y'all get y'all little cliques together. And boys, by nature, we run in packs. We, there's usually some alpha males in our pack, but we still run in pack. That's why boys, we get into gangs quicker. We, we have a different viewpoint. And you study behavior, you'll see this. But ladies, you all don't, y'all got to, you got to mature people. Y'all got to get better than that. You got to let stuff go. Why not be the peacemaker and say, you know what? I'm tired of this group not being with that group. I'm going to take the initiative and I'm gonna, we're going to make these groups come together. Is that all right? That's how we should, that's maturity. But you can't hold on to the past. She got my man. Obviously, you didn't have him tight enough. He won yours anyway. Don't hate. Am I right, Rich? Look, his wife out there, you know he gonna say I'm right. You gotta let it go. You know I liked him before you liked him and you just moved in on my territory. What are you, a slave owner? What, is that your property? Come on over here, mister. You might as well serve me now. Come on, what are you doing? Y'all need to let that stuff go. It's silly. Well, I liked him. It may have been the best thing in the world for you not to have that fool. I mean, that man. Because you don't know what he was going to take you through. She may be able to endure crazy. You weren't designed to endure crazy. But don't get mad at her for what you think she has is better. It's, it's just silly, people. We got to grow up. And you, we should be the first ones to try to make men's. To say, how can I, when I know of groups here in this church, when I see cliques, I purposely come in to bust you up. I love busting up cliques. I wish you all had the same spirit. Kill that stuff. Don't let one group talk about another group. Say, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'm going to go over there and talk to that group. And uh, we're going to bring that. No, no, don't go. Oh, no, no, you talking. Come on, let's find out what the real deal is. See, this is how you eradicate 
that's that that because it's no more than pride. Come on, say amen. We should be praying for one another. If she has something you don't have, the Bible says rejoice with her and be glad that she's doing well in that part of her life. If he doesn't have whatever you want, sir, be glad for him. Rejoice with him. Knowing that God is no respect to person and whatever he did for one, he can do it for another. God can give you just what they have. Maybe you're not ready to handle it yet. But when you hold on to things, it's not a sign that you are handling strong meat. How many need to know we got? There's some other things I can't get to because I'm too long-winded to finish it in 47 minutes. But I want you all to hear pastor's heart. We're soon to make a move. When? Not the point. Hear me in your spirit. And we're soon to experience a whole nother level of growth again. When? It's happening. You can't see it. Those of us can see it. We already got this thing. There are people. Do you think it was an accident that my ruling elders were gone today? It was planned. And it was to me, as a leader, it was the most glorious thing I've ever seen. I, when I looked at these young men and women who are now young men and real young women, I'm thinking, God, thank you. You've raised up a whole nother generation to take the ministry forward. I love you all, but I don't want to do this forever. I want to go swim. I want to ride my bicycle. You laugh. I'm serious. I want to go out and have a good meal and not worry about what you say if you see me eating it. Who knows, I may backslide and start eating pork again. I don't know. Okay, I won't do that, but I may become a coffee drinker. <laughs> Play with my grandchildren. She said, Pray with my grandchildren. Yeah, I like that. That's cool too. That means y'all got to have more and more. And the church said, Amen. Everyone's standing. <laughs> I want you all to grow we must mature we got to overcome those silly obstacles that hurt us and if we don't we're never going to be the better you know when I see some of you that have struggled with sickness in your body you shouldn't have to wait for pastor to come and pray I know it's my job, and I'm honored. I mean this. I'm honored to do it. I am honored to do it. But how many of you get together when you see a group that needs healing and say, you know what, instead of A or B, let's, let's go on a denial for her. Let's go on a fast, and let's, let's fast and pray and believe God. I would love to see more Bible studies lifted up in this church. Don't wait for me to do a podcast. You'd be the podcast. You have internet. Uh, I didn't get a lot of help there. It is happening, Dr. Gans, but as a leader, I want to see it on a wider scale. Play softly for me, Todd. Here's where I'm going with this. My desire is to see you grow. That's it. I, and I mean this with the, the fear of God. Those of you that know me, you know this is a fact. In the years that I've been pastoring, I've never come to you and asked you to buy me a car. And y'all done been at churches where it happened. I ain't saying there's anything wrong with it. Charles is just ain't, it ain't my style. I'm still trying to get my truck out the shop. It's 60 years old. 
I just like it. It's old. I like old stuff. It just makes, I don't know, made it different. I don't know. A lot of things don't move me. Just not in me. Maybe when I was younger, I guess. But my desire is to see the next generation. I want to see Tori, Shardasia, Alfred, Elias. I want to see your sons and your grandchildren take this ministry to the next level. I want to be a member. And whatever their style is, I don't know, maybe they'll change the whole ministry. I don't care. It ain't mine. It's God's. If they decide they want to be a gospel hooper, I'm going to be their biggest fan. I'm going to say preach. <laughs> if they decide to put more emphasis on missions, then we'll go all go to places and we'll give more money. Whatever they do, my job is to mature the next generation. Parents, your job is to help me. When I pray for Trey and I pray for some of our sons and daughters, I look at Sophia, baby, just come back. I know she's a young lady now flying around the world, big flight attendant. Can't wait to see you on one of my flights. I'm going to work you too, though, baby, while you're there. I'm going to be one of those almost belligerent pastors. Uh, I know her. She's a member of my church. Has she been saved on this plane? Let me speak to the captain. I'll do it. <laughs> so you better live right. <laughs> and don't be drinking and stuff. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. My heart's desire is to grow you up. I want you all to understand why the world is doing what it's doing. My job is to make sure you get it. God has blessed us here. He really has. He's taken us to some deep places. And we're not finished yet. But we've got our work cut out. And only a mature person that can handle meat is going to be able to last. When these young men and women play sports, they can't go in on an empty stomach. They got to have a full meal. Preferably a lot of protein in that meal because they're going to expend energy. That is the spiritual sign of a mature person. You got to be able to consume meat if you're going to fight bigger demons. If you're not going to fight them, stay on your infant milk. It'll work out just well with you. But if you really want to grow up, you must become intentional. In other words, I want to be what God wants me to be. I love the song, Todd, that you all did. I think it was Sydney was singing it. I had never heard it before. I don't remember it. But it was like, I'm desperate, I'm desperate. Oh, man, it was good. I thought, man, that's a good chant. That, that God, that's a, that's a heart that says, I want more. I don't know about you. I still want more of God. I just do. I believe there are still places to go in God I've not been. I, I, I want to get there. I don't want to just, I don't want to be just surface in my life. But I want to be in the deep things of God. Not that people can look at me and say, he's deep. No, 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 no. That's not the reason. But that the Bible says that, that God may be glorified. How many want to give God glory? Then become mature. Heads are bowed, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Father, forgive me of all my sins. Say, I believe over 2,000 years ago, you died. Three days later, you were resurrected. I believe the same blood that was shed on that tree 2,000 years ago still has power to resurrect me. Do a great work in me, Lord, and I'll serve you all the days of my life. Say it with me, Father, mature me 
that I finally become stable, strong, dependable, that way others that don't know you. We hope this message has been a blessing in your life. To hear more inspiring, transformative messages, visit glorytoglory.org and make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.